So I went to the John Muir High School, same high school as Jackie Robinson. Okay. My birthday is Jackie Robinson Day. So every year I'm at, um, I'm playing music at Dodger Stadium on Jackie Robinson Day. I'm also in my high school Hall of Fame because of what I do. So I'm in the same Hall of Fame as Jackie Robinson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Beat Talks podcast. I'm your host, DJ Ruscha, the official DJ of the Los Angeles Lakers and AVP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour. I am excited to share with you my latest conversation. Being that the new baseball season is about to begin, I figured this was as good time as any to have my first non-NBA DJ on the podcast. So I reached out to DJ Severe, the official DJ of the Los Angeles Dodgers, to talk about how he's preparing for this upcoming season, growing up 15 minutes from Dodger Stadium, and being in the same Hall of Fame as Jackie Robinson. So let's go. Here's my conversation with DJ Severe. DJ Severe, welcome to the Beat Talks podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me. Glad to be here, Ro. I'm a big fan. You know what I mean? Couldn't, you know, couldn't think of anything better. I appreciate it. So you have the honor. There's no trophy or a banner or even ribbon for this, so it's just my uh, congratulations to you. As you are the first non-NBA DJ on the Beat Talks podcast, so thank you so hey, much. Hey, dope, 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 dope. I like that. Like and that. also, full disclosure, I was a backup DJ for the Dodgers. I can't even remember what. It was like two seasons. I probably maybe did 20 games total. It was maybe okay. 2004, 2005, around that time. Um, I am not a huge baseball fan, sports-wise. Okay. love going to the games. Love playoff baseball. Definitely. Um, watching it on TV, I just can't do. And so people who before I get hate emails from people like I grew up, <laughs> I grew up playing soccer, love soccer, hate watching soccer on TV as well. But going to games is a totally different story. But with that being said, I had a, I did not enjoy my experience DJing for Dodgers, not because of the Dodgers fans and not because of the Dodgers organization, but during that time they were in a different ownership group. Yes. And like the number three person in charge loved music. And he sat next to me, during every single game and told me what to play every single time. The infamous Dr. Charles. I know that I've heard those yes. stories, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was, and yes. it was funny. Cause it was like, I think at one point he always asked me, well, what are you going to play next? It's like, as you'll talk about, it's, you know, there's 14 different things that could happen at once. So I right. don't necessarily know what's going to happen next, but it didn't matter what I said. It was always wrong. So, right. uh, I look forward to hearing your positive experience about DJing Dodgers games because mine wasn't the best. I enjoyed everybody I worked with except for right. said person at Dodgers. Yes, State. yes. So, yes, yes. So let's let's get into it. First of all, I saw that you started by DJing in like the Pavilion Club and all that stuff around Dodger Stadium and basically worked everywhere in Dodger Stadium until you became the official DJ. How did that happen? Right. So I guess maybe two thousand seven eight whenever uh the dodgers picked up manny uh manny ramirez mm -hmm. um and they and they finally got some energy and they got back into the playoffs um i had a buddy who became the manager of the dugout club as you know levy who does all the catering for all the stadiums out here yep. every level has a different manager or supervisor on the level so that controls entertainment so he had this idea where he wanted to spice up and let's for the dugout club is the very bottom of the of the uh of the Dodger Stadium where all the celebrities come to hang yeah it's hours like the before VIP the game area before yeah, the game right it's like yeah. the VIP area so they come and eat and he 
they come about two hours before and it has a bar, a nice lounge. So he had an idea where he wanted to spice it up and have a DJ come in and DJ before and after the games. So I'm like, okay, I'm with it. So he brought me in. First playoff series against the clubs. I remember it was, the energy was eclectic because Dodgers hadn't been in the playoffs in years. So everybody's like, we're back. We're going to do it. You know what I mean? Manny Wood, the whole thing. So I come in, I'm DJing before, and I'm, you know what I mean, nervous, trying to navigate around, getting in, getting in. So um, I DJ, and everybody loves it. I kick it after. I meet Tiger Woods. I meet all these different people, so I'm like in it. So it's like I get to DJ before the game. As soon as the anthem starts, I shut down, and then I can just chill in the lounge and eat this good food. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, okay, this is, this is nice. Yeah, this so is I it. Finished. I made it. Perfect. This is it. I made yeah. it. I made it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm a Dodger fan, so I was like, I made it. So I do it a couple times. I do it. The, I do it all the playoff games because he brings me in. Everybody loves it. And um, either I can't remember if it was either that season or not, but um, other managers on other levels started asking me um, to DJ there. I guess they had another DJ. I don't even know his name, so I'm not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, slamming anybody but he was becoming a prima donna because they wanted somebody to come in and DJ each section. There was probably three other sections that they wanted me to DJ at. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to give you one parking space. So I was like, word, I'll figure it out. I'll just, I'll call up. So I called up three DJs I know. And I was like, look, this is the money. This is the deal. We only got one parking space, but we'll make it happen. So I had DJs meet me there. I put all their equipment on the back of a trailer on my Suburban. I towed everything in. I picked everybody up, towed everything in, and then I flipped the trailer up on top of my truck, on top of my Suburban. And so that's how we made it happen. Oh, one okay. parking wow. space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. and then I made it essential that, okay, I just want to be there. And when they come around, we're set up and everything's good. So for the remainder of the playoffs, I was providing DJs. We'd all finish. They'd come down. We enjoy the game. So it was just, everybody's having a blast. Cool. Followed up that year. Um, the Dodgers finally hear about me and they see me navigating around the stadium and I'm introducing myself to people and I'm introducing myself to security guards. So I'm like, no incidents. I'm not banging in anybody. You know what I mean? So the Dodgers say, Hey, we got this thing called Dodgers under the lights. Are you interested in doing those? I'm like, no doubt. So Dodgers under the lights is, you know, is when they bring out fans to participate on the field and at a, on an off night. And so I'm just DJing on the dugout as that goes. So, now I'm doing, I did about five of those. Then another Dodger executive heard about me and asked me to do the Christmas party. Okay, so I'm like, okay. So I do the Christmas party. They're doing a scavenger hunt. And this is right around the time that the, the, that the DJ horn that we all either hate or love came into play. So they're, burr, 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 burr. Oh, so yeah. right when, when it that became, day. everybody was putting it, that in yeah, every single when set. It, yeah. When everybody, yeah, everybody's using it in every single set when it first hit. So I'm doing this scavenger hunt. And as they're announcing certain things, I'm, burr, 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 you know what I mean? And so the person who um, was going to become my producer that year, his name Damian Shepard was there. And he walks over to him and he says, hey, um, I like what you're doing. Can you, I really want that sound effect. Can you send it to me? I was like, yeah, no problem. So I gave him my card. And about two months later, I'm on vacation in New York, chilling. And he emails me and he says, hey, um, this is Damian. Can you send me that sound effect? I said, yeah. So I sent him that sound effect plus a couple others. And I go, um, um, are there any openings? And he says, a matter of fact, we're looking for a DJ. Like, well, are you interested? I said, well, yeah, I'm yeah, interested. Duh. duh. So it's like, I immediately shut down my vacation. I call up my graphics guy. I'm like, look, I need you to upload all my Dodger picks because I just, by this time 
I started doing parties for other people. I had done a Magic Johnson party. I did a I did a party for the original lawyer from the uh, Aaron Brockovich in Malibu. So they became friends. Oh, okay. So I'm yeah. I'm like doing all these parties, and I have all these pictures. So I I have him revamp my whole uh, Dodgers, uh, my whole uh, website around Dodgers. And so he's like, so I shut it down. He bring me I, I, they bring me in a week later for an interview. I interview with um, Damian and the other execs at the time. And they're like, okay, they're giving me baseball scenarios and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, what would you do at the bottom of the ninth that we need blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay. So I try to figure out everything. They bring me back for another interview the following week and they just give it to me. They were like, man, hands down, we were going to give it to you anyway. You've been around here and kind of <laughs> know what you, what you do. We just want to bring a different vibe to the stadium because the vibe has been um, um, not that enticing to the fans. So we yeah, just, just want to switch vibe. it up every few years. We just want to switch it up. Can you do yep. that? And I say, yeah. And so luckily enough, um, the management at the time had the vision to incorporate a little bit more, say some 90s hip hop. And I kind of knew how to walk a fine line with what I did. Mm-hmm. And even that was the when I finally got the gig, the Yankees came into town and they complimented me on the music. Um, of how it was like the best music at any baseball stadium. And I'm smart enough where I took in enough insight from people of what was already working to incorporate that and then kind of sort of swing it around my way to where even the players know it. Because even my first week, Garrett Anderson, who was a doctor at the time, he uh, got through PR and he says, "Um, I really like the music. Can he give me some mixes? And I'm like, yeah. And he, he asked me like how much I would charge. And I told PR, I was like, I don't want to charge anything. I just yeah. want to meet him. You know what I mean? So all right, coach, they were like, cool. So the next day I went down, um, I, I gathered my mixes. I took him some mixes. And um, I, uh, first person I see is James Loney. So I'm like, okay, James Loney. Then Garrett walks in. I'm like, okay. So I meet him. I hand him the mixes. We talk it up a little bit. He tells me how he likes the vibe. The music is great, blah, 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 blah. And during the game, later on that game, he sends an envelope up through PR, it had 500 bucks in it. During the game? During the game. Awesome. So the media is looking at me. Everybody I'm now working with is looking at me and they're going, what is that? I'm like, well, and I tell them the story of what happened. So they're like, oh, they're looking at me like, okay. You know what I mean? And so the next day I was like, look, I'm gonna give him the same thing. Cause I want to give him a little more hip hop oriented mixes. Mm-hmm, I gave him the mm-hmm. PR and I said, look, I don't want anything. I just want to give him some yep. more mixes. Yeah. But like clockwork, the same thing happened in the next, the next game envelope 500 bucks and through that i created um the non hands um on approach because before that and you might know this the dj was hands off with the players correct but through me and my relationship with pr and the players i became hands-on because still would have been mlb and most of the players wanted to hear hip-hop music of course. And so by the time by the time they translate that through PR to me, it's all messed up. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know this and you know the what I mean. The artist is wrong. The name the artist is, wrong. is wrong. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The I name mean. is wrong. So I'm like, so I'm like, once they once they once they figured out I had a rapport with the players. So basically, what I did was two years after that, I said, look, man, why don't you let me buy my own ticket? I'll come down to spring training and I'll I'll talk with the players mm. about what works and what doesn't work. And PR is like, oh, I'm all for it. This takes pressure off of me. No worries. So it was either the next year or the following year. I went down, I bought my own ticket, you know, just trying to show my own. Yeah, of course. Um, and test, you know what I mean? Just trying to put a good you're foot take, forward. You're taking your own initiative. I'm taking my own initiative. So yep. I get there 
and I and I introduced myself to all the players. Oh man, we love what you do, blah blah blah. And then once PR saw my interaction with the players, and I wasn't asking for autographs or I wasn't this that and the other. All I wanted was my photo op, my one photo op of, of the year, and then kind of see what the vibe that they wanted to keep creating. Yep. And they're like, man, please keep doing it. We love what you're doing. Um, it's not we have the best music, you know, of any stadium, and you're taking us a place that we that baseball needs to go. So I actually outlasted um, that producer and those execs. They mm -hmm. got fired that year because that's when the new regime new, came in. Yep. I thought I was going to be on the chopping block, but they said, no, we love what you do. Oh, great. Keep doing it. So that's, that's, and I'm 11 seasons in now. 11 you know? seasons. Crazy. So like for basketball, um, I look at basketball as when the players are warming up, like when I play music, that's for them. Like, uh, right. you know, the fans may, may not like it. I don't know, but during this, X amount of time. Right. I'm going to do stuff for the players while they warm up. Good to go. And then once right. the game starts, obviously more it's more family friendly. Yeah. Fan uh, well, yeah. Fan, yeah, yeah. For sure. So with baseball, it's a little bit different because the players I've obviously they have batting practice and stuff like that. And I assume you're doing stuff for the players then, but they come up to bat and you're playing songs specifically for them. So how do you navigate the process of doing stuff for the players, but also making sure you keep the fans engaged as well? Okay. It used to be, it's, it's more of a, delicate line but as i've kind of proven myself i got a little more leeway like um there are some songs that i know are questionable but i'll edit them or i'll do certain things and the players trust me and then management trusts me enough to where i can conceal certain things now there's sometimes there's certain things where i just like now nah, we can't do that yeah that's not going down even um, the clean version is even the clean enough. version and even clean enough. our own personal cleaning it up is still not it's exactly not clean it's yeah. still <laughs> it's still not going to be enough so i'll take i'll take it like say if like there's certain players who contact me directly kike justin turner cool matt camp used to contact me directly ethier um most of the players pretty much shoot me a a, a text message mm -hmm. there's still some there's still some that go through like pr um Kike and Justin notoriously text me one in the morning. Hey, is this a banger or no? You know what I mean? Um, You're like, so I'm then, sleeping, but I'll let you know. Yeah, right. Morning. I'm sleeping, yeah. but I'll let you know. But And I never tell them no, because if I say it's not a banger, then what am I going to come up with? The, you know what I mean? I just go yeah. with what they what they want to go with. Yeah. Um, if it's more Latin infused, I'll have somebody listen to it to see exactly yeah. what it is that, that they're saying. Because, you know, our job is, number one, to not offend, but we also wanna, want to want to um give the players what they want i'm always about giving them what they want totally um and just kind of pleasing them because far be it from me to throw them off of what's going to motivate them you know what i mean at the batter's box um well i think there's some more there's some more superstitious yes superstitious stuff going on in baseball as well too um, yes with if they're on a hitting streak you're not changing their yes. walk-up song yes. but if they are struggling you that walk-up song is going to change yes and the thing with me is I've learned that rhythm because um, sometimes I detach from it when they go on the road because it's yeah. just so much, yeah. but I will watch and I'll watch each player that I know individually. And I'll know when they come back in, if they're going to switch their song or not. Like if they went out and they're still on a tear, like, okay, we're cool. But yeah. I, I kind of developed a rhythm where I know as soon as they get back in town, Hey, severe, I want to try blah, 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 blah. I know. And me and JT, we kind of have a thing where he, he has a couple songs that, Maybe his wife might pick or someone might pick, but yeah. he always tells me, he's like, look, if in this game I'm doing bad and I need you to pump me up, you have license to switch to back to this. And I'll know. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That's, and I'll a, know that's a big, that's a big trust thing right there. 
Oh, it is. It is. Yep. I'll know JT because JT will look up at me and he'll look, he'll give me like a sign. And I'll go, yep. okay, I know what I can do. Or even if I, even if it's what's needed for the, for the crowd, I'll do it on my own. And JT won't sweat me at all. He'll yep. go, okay, I know why you do yep. it. I know why you did it. Um, but it's just that rapport that I have. And I like to go down to the dugout at least once every month or if not every other. And I just check with them, see how they're feeling. You know what I mean? I get a fist bump. I tell them, you know, I like this, I like that. So I just like to walk around, say what's up to them. You know what I mean? They're in the batter's box. Like, is everything good? Is you like this? You like that? You know what I mean? Or they say, well, can you bump it up a little bit? Can you like, you know what I mean? Like let it go a little bit. And I try to give them license because in reality, I'm supposed to stop the music when they hit the dirt. Yeah, I was going to say, there's I a, know, there, what's Major yeah. League Baseball's rule on that? Yeah, they have ticky-tack rules. That, of course. But I always try to slide past them a little bit. I have a little bit yeah. more license, um, which is why I like the echo out, where you can kind of echo out, keep the yeah. song like running a little bit. Like, oh, I'm out. You no, know the what I mean? song's just, out. The song's out. There's an it's echo just, in the stadium. I don't know yeah, what's going on. Echo, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but just – and then just kind of knowing their rhythm and like um, when they walk. I haven't even had to tell them. It's like, man. Slow down, because I know you want to hear your song, but wait until you're announced so that I can either hit your song. Because I use different crescendos and different parts of the song based, of off, of, based off of the announcer, Todd, and what, how I know the song is going to hit. Sometimes you want to let them say their name, then kick the song. Yep. Sometimes you want to kick the song, then Todd knows to say their name, and then there's a certain part I'm looking at to where I know I can hit. So it's also a rhythm thing with Todd that we kind of develop um within everything i love it because it's like just it's like a huge wedding to me just kind of like master just kind of like mastering yep. the different elements and the different timings and different things and then you know what i mean the energy of the game like I, i'm sure it's the same for you where as a sports dj you have to be on all the time the team can be getting blasted but you still have to be on Correct. because Without you, you're the piece, you're the person who they go to. Well, we need energy. Or, this, that, other. or you just feed off of the energy they are already created, and it helps makes your job even easier. Which is that's why I kind of love it because no matter what, you have to be on. And I've never had a day where I just melded in. I'm always looking for new stuff. Mm-hmm. I have my own um, kind of chemistry of what I do for my music, but um, I love the fact that when I'm walking out of the stadium, people are still dancing, whether we got blasted or not, or I can still still see people having good vibes or I hear them say the music here is so dope. You know what I mean? Like, especially for us being in LA, I love the fact that all of us do such a great job. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we get enough shine for it because it's kind of like the thing that's, um, it's there, but only people that kind of know, know it's almost like a given that we have like the best music of any city, like music wise with everybody. Yeah. So. Well, we're also in such a big market, right? Like if right. we were in a smaller town, we would probably right. get a little bit more publicity, but we're in such a big market. And right. I look at sports DJing too. And I feel like you do as well. The way you're talking is that they're not there for us, right. As the right. DJ, right. Like we right. are complimenting, like, right. trust me, people are going to come to Staples center because LeBron's there, not because I'm there. Right, right. Right, so right. our job is to compliment it. So because we're complimenting it, unless you really know what we're doing, which is why I love this podcast, because I think it educates people a little bit on how difficult it is. And again, right. we're playing music. Trust me, I'm not thinking right. we're, yeah, it's, we're right. playing music. Don't get me wrong. Um, right. But like, especially in baseball, you need to be on the entire time. And the thing that always I always panicked at Dodgers games is that there's never... There's no end. The game could right. keep going forever oh, if it's tied. Yeah. 
And I yes. full panicked when we would get towards the later innings and the game would be tied. Yeah. I'm like, man, how long am I going to be here? I don't know. How long am I going to be here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how do you, yeah. well, I want to know what kind of equipment you use. Cause I'm sure you have a bunch of different stuff because let's say there's a guy on first, there's two right. strikes, right? Like he could pop up, he could hit a home run. He could get hit by the ball. Like there's like right. five or six different options. How do you right. prepare for that? Okay. So it's going to get kind of, um, I guess, DJ technical. Oh, let's but do it. Okay. So the way I set my Serato up, my playlist, because I have a, a Pioneer controller. I also have clicks. I started off with just clicks and clicks is, for those who don't know, clicks is a basic uh, program that allows you to go in between tracks seamlessly on baseball where it'll fade one in, fade one out. So you'll make um different playlists based off of that i still keep clicks around for some of the other stuff and just like an emergency purpose in case my controller freezes yep. up but what i do with my uh serato i make playlists i have pre-game i have game i have uh shows i have different games that we do so basically when we're up to bat I'll be in my offensive playlist, which can, which includes the players walk up music, which is there in a yep. list. Then I have scoring songs in case we do certain things. And then I have bumps. If we do something good, like say we get a double and I want to enhance that. And my bumps are usually like clips of like nineties tracks or different things. It's just a bump that I know I can get to real quick, fade out, get into, cause then I got to go back to the walk up song coming mm -hmm. up shortly. Or if the walk-up song will carry um, what just happened, I'll just go to the player's walk-up song. It just depends on what it is. Of course. No bash, on, no bash on country, but it's hard to take a country song if a player picks a country song and let that carry a big moment where somebody hit a triple yeah. or someone stole a base. Now, another compliment I have is Dieter behind me because we'll kind of like eye each other and say, okay, you got it, I got this, because he might have something better than I did. And if I'm kind of stuck at the time and if I'm in between doing things, Dieter knows he can pick me up or I can pick him up um, based off of what happens. So that's how I set mine up. I have offense. And then when we're on defense, I'll go to my defensive chart, which is still more bumps and different things. Like say if we hit a double play or someone makes a, um, a great throw and throw somebody out, that's what the defense is for. But it's usually just I line up my players' tracks. I have scoring tracks. And I'll have everything in there that I need to carry the moment. And it's kind of like learning. Because I do different home run songs for, like, different people. Like, if Kike mm -hmm. hits a home run, I'll use the Puerto Rico bump just to kind of, like, you know what I mean, shout out, like, Puerto Rico. Yeah. And then – so I'll just kind of, like, line different things up. So it just takes a time to kind of develop your rhythm, you know what I mean, for the game. And like I said, I try to be on, like, you probably every game. But there's some days I'm in the middle of a 10-game homestand. I'm, like, worn out. It's August. It's a day game. We burn. You know what I mean? It's 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 a lot. So you try to just stay as prepared as possible. You know what I mean? Um, but that's my kind of like my formula, at least for like offense. My players' music, my bumps, and my scoring tracks kind of lined up where I can navigate through mm -hmm. them quickly. Get you know, and you know where I get to. And it's luck. You have the luxury of having you know, like you said, one on one one side and one on the other side. So I'm prepared for 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 all of them. And it's just it just kind of developing a rhythm to kind of see who's coming up next, kind of be prepared for that. Okay, if we do something good here, I'll just go with his track. And it changes. We get the playoffs. Like you said, playoff baseball to me is the best um, of any sport because the, the roar when something happens, like a hit in baseball, that roar 
to me is like no other live and on TV. Just to hear the whole stadium just go crazy. And I try to just vibe off that rhythm and just make it pound, pound after that. And that's what, that's kind of like what um, other players tell me. Like when David Price finally came over, he's like, man, I'm going to tell you something. He's like, look, I'm happy to be here. He said, most players really want to be here for the ambiance that you create. They really cool. love what you do. And everyone, no one can wait to come to LA because number one, we know the music is, music is going to be good. And I love it when old players come back, like when Matt comes back on a different team and I go down and I say, what's up to him? And he introduces me to the whole visiting team. And they're like, he's like, this is a dude that has it, has it pounded in here. You know what I mean? That's and they cool. all want to come over and, and give me like a pound. That's so dope to me. You yeah. know what I mean? That at least the players appreciate what it is I'm doing. You know what I mean? Which I'm sure you get the same from, you know, the Lakers and others like you, cause that's, you have, I envy you cause you're, you're a NBA and you have so much, so much more, hip hop room than I have. Yes. You know correct. what I mean? Yep. Um, because I'm still baseball, but luckily, um, the times are where most players love hip hop anyway. And I can't say that it's all good, but I get the license of saying, look, look, most of the new hip hop I leave to the players. Yeah. I'm the one that brings in the nineties and the other different things and the elements that I create. You know what I mean? Or that I bring into the, you know what I mean? Because it was up to me. I'd just be playing Little Brother, Tribe Called Quest all oh. game long. You know what I mean? We're best but, friends now because you mentioned Tribe oh, Called see, Quest. My yeah, favorite yeah, hip-hop group Quest. of all time. Yes, 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 yes. To me, them and De La Soul, 1A, 1B. And I, nice. you know what I mean? I just got it. But yeah, so, and that's what people say. They're like, well, you playing what you want? I was like, no, I'm actually not playing like what I want to hear all the time. Like I'll slide it in. It's like, but I'm kind of doing what I know works. You know what I mean? And what I know works. Now, the hip-hop that you hear, I leave that to the players, mm -hmm. what they pick. And that's normally what my batting music um, is. When it's just them out there. With the players. Are picking, yeah. With the players. It's all hip hop and Latin reggae tone because that's what they want to hear. Yeah. And I try to make it so that they just kind of like vibe off of it on their own. Um, and that's just kind of like my, my formula. I want to take a quick break to let you know that I'm now on Discord. If you want to continue the conversations or any conversation from the Beat Talks podcast, jump on Discord and I and other listeners of this pod will be on there to chat with you about it. My Discord channel also has Lakers and AVP section, so you can ask questions or talk amongst yourselves on any of those topics. Now, back to my conversation with DJ Severe. You mentioned it uh, like a 10-game homestand. How... How do you keep the energy for that? Because doing 10 games of like other people be like, oh, I've worked 10 days in a row or I work right. five days a week, nine to five, blah, blah. But right. it's different doing sports because it's the same thing, but each game is different. You have different pitchers. They're different scenarios. Right. Like right. 10 days in a row of trying not to, I found myself trying not to um, get bored with the music that I was playing, right? Because it's right. 10 days in a row and you don't, there's not as much time you don't have like a week off to be like okay let me look for right. this new music right? right so how do you keep the energy right. going for just for yourself much less the players right. and the crowd during a 10 game homestand okay so my formula going into uh okay first off my formula for any music i play is i like to i like to listen to my record pools relentlessly for mm -hmm. new stuff that no one has heard on the radio mm -hmm. because if i take what you just listened to in your car and I turn it on here, you've already heard that. So I try to find the newest music that you haven't heard. And I'll make, like going into the season now, I have five pre-made mixes done mm -hmm. already. Now, it's also stuff you haven't heard, but a little bit of smidgen of, 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 of some stuff you have heard. But I'll try to save that for the end game stuff. 
but I like it because it's background. When you come in, you haven't heard it and it just keeps, it's easy house type stuff and it just keeps you in. And I'll even still, and I'm giving up my trade secret. Yeah. I'll even still, I'll even still music from commercials. When I go to movies and commercials, I'm always Shazam it. Oh yeah. Because I'm always trying to find the latest stuff because it'll trigger in your brain that you've heard that song, but you don't know what you, where you heard it from, but you're like, it's still recognizable to you. Cause I'll take them from target commercials, Nike commercials, and I'll, you know what I mean? And I'll make them work. So I only mix live maybe one time a homestand mm -hmm. because trying to go in and mix live, you notice as your DJ mind, you're going to always fall back on what works sometimes. And you're not going to try to think outside the box. So then that's when it's going to start sounding the same. Because if you start doing your same set that you mix on your own, it's going to sound the same. And so I learned a long time ago, the trick is in a home, in a 10 game homestand to make it sound as new as possible. And another trick that I do is I don't incorporate any old school music in any of my mixes. Mm. Um, like I'll never do um, an 80s track or a, a disco track because yeah. If I put that in one of my mixes and you hear that again, it's going to register right away. Oh, this DJ's playing the same stuff mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what I will do is I'll make an 80s mix, but I'll only play it every other homestand yeah. so that it doesn't resonate. And, oh, I, you know what I mean? And I heard this. And then there's players, like different players, like the old school guys, like Oral. Like, why don't you play more 80s? And I try to explain to them, like, Oral, I can't do that because then it's going to sound this and yeah. other. So I'll save that for like a Sunday where I'll do like a yacht rock. I'll do a disco. You know what yeah. I mean? And then yeah. I'll incorporate it in the game. So it's more, um, um, it, it has a bigger spotlight because if it's in the game and I play it, then you can say, oh, okay, I heard that because now, because that pregame stuff is really like background sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Because people are paying attention or not, but you like them just be bobbing their head. And I also, I'll always look out to see who's moving you know what I mean, to my music. So that's kind of like my formula. I'll load up on all this new stuff that no one's heard. So at least it has a whole six months of life for me because you and I both know, once the summer hits, that's when the new music comes out. Mid-summer, there's nothing new coming out right nothing. now. Nothing. And yep. so nobody's creating anything. They're trying to get ready for fall releases. Yep. You know what I mean? They're not going to put out anything else. So you have to flood. There's two things I use. I go to all, all three of my record pools, which I'm my MP3 pools, one of my favorites. BPMs, one of my favorites. And DJ City, those are my favorite three record pools that I pull from. And also, I listen to Diplo Station religiously. Yeah. So that's my that's where I pull a lot of my stuff from. I knew yeah. I knew we would like each other. Diplo and a Tribe Called Quest. We oh were, man, we're speaking the same oh. language right now. Yes, 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 yes. And another dope thing for me is not to get too long winded. Another yep. dope thing for me is um, listening to Diplo Station. I've got put onto so much music. And I've actually reached out to these people, like when they say who it is, and they're actually sending me their music. And when some of them are so LA based, they come and they hear it, and it's like I now I got to end to these other DJs that are sending me constantly sending me music, which oh, is so super like the dope. Producers or the artists are coming to the game. Yeah, and got it. The Very producers cool. or the artists are coming to the game, and they let we develop this relationship. I'm like, yeah, don't worry, I'm gonna use your song for the the walkout song, like when we go. Very so. Cool. Um, it's, it's dope, man. It's, it's such a, a nice inside track when you can get that kind of communication because, you know, as you know, some of these tracks you can't examine, they're not available. For Correct. So to have, so to have someone send it to you directly, oh, super dope. You know what I mean? There was this Prince mix, remix of 17 Days, which is house mix that this little DJ did, this little producer did, and it wasn't available anywhere. So I shouted him out, man. He shot it to me. So I was like, I'm like, okay, 
this is another end that I have to develop this relationship totally. with these people. I can't wait for and Diplo's always there. I can't wait to meet like Diplo or get a shout out or do something on the on the yeah. stage. That's kind of like my dream, you know, to be recognized oh, from yeah. the people because that's why you do it. You know what I mean? You want to give them shine, especially if it's good music. You know what I mean? And you just want to make it work. So that's one of the both one of the definite benefits I've had as far as meeting these people and having them sending me their tracks directly. Because you and I both know. Trying to Shazam a track that you can't find is super frustrating because you're like, man, I need this track. You well, know especially what I mean? in today's world where you feel like yes. everything is available. It's like, why can't why don't I know what this song is and why can't I well, find it? Exactly. Exactly. And it'll it'll haunt you because you're like, ah, I need this track. You know what I mean? This is yep. I need it. You know. Yeah, which is a feeling that I used to have, you know, when I first started DJing, right? Like music wasn't as ex- accessible as it is now. So to have that feeling again, I'm like, oh, it takes me back to my early 90s where I heard some random remix that I couldn't get, had no idea who produced it. The fact that we can reach out to people directly now. Now, the reverse of that is a lot of people can reach out to me. And I'm sure you have right. tons of people that send you the, and I'm using air quotes here, this is the hottest track out yeah, right oh my now. God. You have to, You have to play it. Bro. at Dodgers games <laughs> how do you I, I understand the people that reach out sometimes they just don't know they don't know how to send us music properly I get I get that part right. but every song can't be the hottest song no no <laughs> I no. want you to believe in yourself I'm, I'm happy yes. to believe in yourself yeah my response is always is your song good enough to fit between a Drake oh, wow. Migos Jay-Z whoever else Travis Scott Right. Can your song stand with them? They don't. You don't have to be better than them. You don't have to be as good as right. them. You don't have the track record. But if I right. uh, and I ask them before I tell them how I feel about the song, like you answer this question yourself, and right. if your answer is no, go back and then resend right. something else. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, dude, yeah, you're right. I get those all the time, uh-huh. and they're always so Dodger oriented, and the person's such a fan, and yeah, you're like, it. yeah, and that's like, and they think that that's how they describe it. I got the hottest. This than others. Like, first off, don't describe it as you got the hottest because you don't. <laughs> how could you know you have the hottest? I said so, and I've I've done it diplomatically several ways because there's some stuff that comes that you're just like, dude, you really think this? You know what I mean? Like, have you kind of been listening? But I don't crush anybody's dreams. No, and I tell them. I, I say, don't want look. to either. I say, look. First off, I'm more than happy to uh, um, um, listen to. I listen to everything. Yep. So if you're out there, I've listened to everything that everybody sent me. And I've actually given them critiques. And I say, look, if you make it more like this, take this out. Stop saying so many Dodger names because I get it. You're a fan. But that's not going to get this played Correct. if you say every name. Because, number one, Dodgers stay away from that or the organizations stay away from that for licensing issues. And they don't want to do it. I said, now, second of all, I either need it to be trap or house or something that – you know what I mean? That works. And I said, you get it to me that way. And you listen to, I'll give them examples, something like this. And I'll say, I'll pass it along to my video people and see what it is that they mm-hmm. think. And that's the only thing that I can really do. Now I've even had the luxury of other artists send me their tracks. And I'm careful with this too, because um, I have no problem with, with a hip hop artist. If it works, taking their track and putting it in, insert it into the game or insert it into a, a mix. But when you ask me to get a video of me playing it and then I play it and then you say this is the official Dodger anthem, like don't do that one. No. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, because I didn't tell you it was the official, official yeah. Dodger anthem. I just played your track. You know what yeah. I mean? Don't create a buzz. And I get it. We all know those artists that want to create the buzz and they figure that's how you got to get put on. But that's not how you get put on, especially not 
through sports. And because I understand, I only got 30 seconds to play your song. So it's not really resonating that much. You know what I mean? Now, if it's a slamming beat, like the stuff I get from the, the people at Diplo, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to use that because For I can sure. use that, which is why I try to give them examples. This is what I need. This is not what I need. I don't need a song about your hood. You know what I mean? That's not really going to resonate through what's going on. And the beat's not driving up. I need something that can either keep the crowd amped up, okay, that I can work off the scorn or some scenario. I don't need a filler track, you know what I mean, that that has all these heartfelt verses because mm -hmm. it's not going to really resonate. Yeah. So, but yeah, bro, I get that so much. And I even get the pass-alongs from them emailing Dodger other people. And they're like, oh, well, let me give it to the DJ. I'm like, don't do that. I don't yeah, want, don't, you know yeah. what I mean? Don't, don't, don't <laughs> do that. They're just, they're just passing know? it off. Like, I don't want to deal yeah, with this anymore. Now it's your turn. Right. I don't want, yeah. Now, nah, so they want to put me in the mirror. And it's like, you get, it's like, come on, man. You didn't have to do that to me. But yeah, so I get that all the time constantly um but there are some good things that come through they just need to go back in the lab and work on it a little bit more you know what i mean they get excited and they yeah. think you know what i mean it's gonna be this that and the other and they're like i'm like look it's 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 decent but this is what i need that's a good example you give me is it good enough to play in between these two i'm gonna start using that one you know yeah because if i even like the my i produce too so even my own songs i'm like well this can i fit this in at a sporting right. event and if right. the answer is no, and that's what I want to use it for, then I need to go right. back to the drawing board. If it's not made right. for a sporting event, then that's a totally different story. Right. Um, and right. I will, like, artists that send me stuff, um, I will try to educate them. I will try to help them. If, they, if I feel like I can always tell, as I'm sure you can too, just by the way they approach you, if it's going to be right. worth to have a conversation. And some right. artists where I'm like, hey, your song is not going to work for things that I use, but it's actually still a good song. So don't get right. discouraged if I say I'm not going to play it. Um, exactly yeah and then others i'm like hey i i i want to play your song but i cannot play the version that you sent me so you exactly. need to send me you know right. uh, when i say clean i mean like legit clean because right. i'm the one that'll get in trouble somebody will hear some random word exactly yeah now they'll still hear the curse word sometimes just because your brain says it and they'll be like yes. oh you're playing the dirty version I'm like, that's I'm what not, i try to explain to them all i'm the time. not playing brain i'm not playing the dirty it. version yeah your brain exactly your brain finishes it or even sometimes the edit finishes it it's funny how the edit will finish it in the in the speaker system, even though it's like totally clear. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's such a regular. Now, I will say this transversely on that one. I've made some of the best relationships with people who I'm fan of in hip hop by them coming to the stadium and liking what I do. And they play their track like me cool. and Mellow Man Ace, me and Kid Frost, me and DJ Pooh, like different people I've made relationships with. Cool by playing their music that I'm like cool with now. That's one of the best things like ever to come somebody come and you play their track and then they shout you out. So I got I have I've had Mellow Man Ace on my show. I've had um Kid Frost on my show. They send me gear and it's actually been a, a, a nice um compliment um to meeting and of people who um are OGs and might not have the same line light but they have the same um fan base and structure and just brilling that gap and then just becoming friends with people who you never thought you would have become friends totally. with. you know what i mean it's so dope you know what i mean like I, I i love when people other people come to the stadium and i'm sitting uh it's funny because uh dame dash came last year and he was down front row and he was with his kids and um i played uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what Jay Z song I played, but it was yeah. in the Rockefeller era. Of course. And something happened, and I hit it. And Dame is looking around, and he's tapping his kids like, "That's me. That's me." That, yeah. But he don't know where to look. <laughs> of and course. Nobody else. 
nobody else is paying attention to him because the crowd is going nuts, but he's trying to get his kids to stop worrying about the game. And he's like looking around and I'm like, no one else knows but me and Dane. And he's trying to get everybody else to notice. And I'm just like, I thought that was so dope because I, I look for those, those moments. Of course. I'll pick those moments out. You know what I mean? And just to have that, that one-on-one with them, you know what I mean? Even though they don't know me, even though they don't know, it's like if one day I can meet him and say, hey, I'm the DJ that played da-da-da-da-da. And if we can connect on that, that's so dope to me. Just seeing someone move when I play their track, you know what I mean? That they, yeah. Or a person that doesn't know that that's the track. Or I pick a different track. Like when Cube is in the building, you know what I mean? I'll do Cube or Jay-Z's. And, you know what I mean? It's just that to me, that to me says so much like for me to do. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm connecting on a level that only I know and that they know. So we share that, you know? And that's a big DJ thing too, right? Like there's a respect. Like sometimes we'll put celebrities on the video board at Staples Center. Right. I'll play, if it's an artist, I'll play a song, one of their songs right. or whatever. But then other times I'll see them in the stands right. and I'll be like, oh, that's an artist I respect and I'm going to play this song whether exactly. they acknowledge me or not. Like that's, exactly. I feel like that's still part of my job. Like I want to, I like this song. I respect exactly. you as an artist. I'm going to play it. Pretty simple. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I was looking, so you grew up in Pasadena. Yes. Did you grow up a Dodgers fan, going to Dodgers games and stuff as a kid? Yeah, Dusty Baker's my favorite player. Dusty awesome. Baker. Yeah. So I going to, from that, where's yes. that moment where you're DJing a Dodgers game and you're like, hey, I used to come here as a kid, and now I am part of the organization and a big part. The music is a big part. Was there ever that yeah. moment that just kind of sunk in on you? There was. There was, there was, there was uh, three different ones. My first year first game doing it and i have to sit there and i'm going wow and this is this is before it even started i'm like i'm looking out on the field where i used to come on fan appreciation day and my mom and my dad would bring me with my little league team and i would just wait out there and wait for a signature of my favorite player to come around and like kind of get that so that's when it first hit me i had to look around and i was like i was in i was in dodger vision you know where it is on on the perch by myself and i'm just taking it all in and it's like like very surreal um, the second time is when I'm walking in one day and Steve Garvey's walking in at the same time. And we start having this conversation and Steve only wants to talk about me and where I grew up at. He's like so interested in where I've come from and this, that, and the other, not talking about him. And he just had a 20 minute conversation with me about that. And it's like, I'm like, wow, I'm DJing here for like one of my heroes, like Steve Garvey, who just had a conversation and then totally talked to me about where I grew up and how I had such I had such a great childhood growing up there. And then him um just speaking on how it was it, it was how it meant for him to play here, this and other. And my third is my first time on a Sunday, um, getting coffee at the same time, which became a ritual all the time, but with Ben Scully. When he's getting coffee, I'm getting coffee. It's early Sunday morning. And Ben is the same Ben that you that you think he just, how you know what I mean, greets you so cordially and then wants to, you know what I mean, say hello. And, and then just became a ritual where I would, like, see him. And just to, for Ben, just to say, hey, good morning. It's very, you know what I mean? It was just so, like, dope. And then knowing Ben doesn't give a damn about what I do here. Probably hates the music now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is such an irritant. To, but, I mean, you know. He gives you, you know what I mean, that respect. And then I, you know what I mean? Also, just being able to be part of what the players do and what mm-hmm. they bring and know I'm such a big part of that 
without other people knowing I'm a big part of it. Like you say, we just play music. But people don't realize how big of a part For sure. that really is, you know what I mean, like to them and to the people that kind of really realize it. I mean, just that part of it, I always have to pinch myself every year. Like um, I'm a big part of the organization. And even like now, I'm sure you get the same thing. The way people introduce us, it's not just DJ Severe. It's DJ Severe. He DJs for the Dodgers. Correct. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the second thing that comes out of their mouth. Yeah. And then you just see people's faces kind of like light up. Or go, oh, I know I'm a big fan. Of, you know what I mean? Like it, it, this year at NAM, I got so much of that when I was just going mm-hmm. to NAM. Like, oh, I love what you do, this, that, and the other. I'm like, man, appreciate it. So sometimes it's like a, like a, um, a wake-up call that you didn't know was happening. It's gonna, it kind of perks you back up. Um, just to be a part of that organization that means so much to everybody in LA. It's like, um, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome for me. Um, well, which a, is why I put so much hard work into it. Yeah. And it's a world, I mean, the Dodgers are a known brand around yes. the world. Not every, not every, and not every major league team can say stuff like that. Obviously the Lakers right. are worldwide Dodgers for sure. Yankees is Boston, those kind of like, and being part of an organization like that, there's just that, there's that little bit more shine because of that. Right. right. They're like, and oh, all, you, you must be something because you work for right, the Dodgers. Right, right. There's also a tie-in, too, like with Pasadena. And so I went to the John Muir High School, same high school as Jackie Robinson. Okay. My birthday is Jackie Robinson Day. So every year I'm at, um, I'm playing music at Dodger Stadium on Jackie Robinson Day. I'm also in my high school Hall of Fame because of what I do. So I'm in the same Hall of Fame as Jackie Robinson, you wow. know what I mean? Yeah. Which is like super dope, you know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? And not it's very many like, people can say that. No, yeah. no, not many people can say that. Like, I'm in the same Hall of Fame as Jackie Robinson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, Baseball Hall of Fame? You're like, kind of? No, kind yeah. of, kind of. It doesn't of, matter. Yeah. It's a Hall of Fame. That's all that It doesn't matter. I'm in a Hall of Fame. I got my Hall of Fame pin that I wear, and I go back, and it's just so that, – so that's like a tie-in, because I love Jackie Robinson, what he represents, you know what I mean? And for him to be like a Dodger, and for me to have grown up in the same place, you know what I mean? It's, it's dope. Thanks for checking out part one of my conversation with DJ Severe. Part two will be available next Monday, July 20th. Enjoy.